just a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. Beep boink. Bing boink. Boink boink. Bing bong. Bing bing. Welcome back to Witty Banter, episode number 143. Just the three of us, so it's back to being lonely, lonely boys here on the show, you know? Yeah, we're not cool enough for guests this week. No guests Los this week. lonely boys. The, oh, dude, yeah, one of the yeah, top <laughs> three best band. bands of all time, of course. <laughs> or so says Chase Williams, uh, who is with us today out in San Diego. How are you, Chase? Sup, just got my tickets to Los Lonely Boys. Really, really <laughs> pumped. Awesome. Hunter, uh, how are you doing today? Doing okay, man. I mean, it's it's the hump of the week, but yeah. it's about to be downhill from here. You know what yeah, usually gets me over that hump? Yeah, right? like coasting downhill. Yeah, like you tripped and you're falling continuously like Jack, down the hill. Like yeah. Jack falling down the hill. Exactly. The same thing. Yes. What gets you pumped, Chase? To get over the week, the Los yeah. Lonely Boys. Every the time. Lonely, every <laughs> single time. Their albums, That's what I need. You'll, you'll cruise. I right put on the, uh, the hit single, We Are Lonely. <laughs> Yes, just a bunch of los, lonely, <laughs> just los, lonely boys here. But of course, I am your host too as well, Max. Uh, and we're just here, hanging out. Episode number one hundred and forty-three. I don't know if I said that already. You did, but well, you know, it's going to be a little you bit of a, a loose form show today. All right, <laughs> we're just chilling. We're all keeping it together. This is uh, just a friends bonding show. It sounds. Like. It it's what it's coming like down it's to, right? Yeah. I think we tried to like embrace the idea of like let's just relax, man. Let <laughs> let let the banter flow, and then we like. Spilt all the banter everywhere, and we, you know, haven't had a whole lot back in there. But you know, it's okay. All right, we're back. We're, we're chilling a little bit. It's all right. Uh, how are we doing today, guys? Have we all had a nice Wednesday so far. I'm tired, dog. Yeah, I think we're all. I think that's the theme of this episode: is drained and exhausted. Yeah. Right. We've Done, been busting man. our respective asses. We have yeah. been. Our collective ass cheek has been busted. <laughs> I imagine shaved. it. Is that like three cheeks, or is it just like all of the cheeks? Like, is it like? Three cracks? Is that how our collective ass looks? <laughs> I don't think you can have three cracks. <laughs> no, you can have two cracks. <laughs> if yeah, you right have three middle. cheeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the three cheeks. So but you if you have three cracks, there. you'd have... But who would be the middle cheek? <laughs> that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <who's>, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a question for another time. That's a, um, I would hate to be attached to any sort of ass that you own, Max, because that's just signing up for... <laughs> just don't let me be the middle crack. saying he'd like to rub up against my ass. <laughs> yeah, I'll pair up. Watch. I'll shack up with Hunter's ass. Yeah, what the hell? My crack's over here. I'll have lonely. just my own like side. Lonely, lonely crack. Yeah, <laughs> crack. Over I here. guess that makes Hunter the middle ass because he has to separate. Oh, well, yeah, fucking yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, you really lucked Thanks, out there, Chase. man. Oh man, but after a tired day, you know, sometimes I just I come home and I just gotta crack open a brew. You a know biscuit, what I mean? Biscuit. Like I just gotta finish off the day with a brew, daddy. <laughs> and I I chose a special brew, daddy, for the show. Because I know, Chase, you're out there in San Diego, and we're out here in in Texas and Houston. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure sometimes you, you think, like, man, these guys don't experience the things that I experience out here in San Diego. So I decided, Hunter's had a pretty good taste. That's actually true. I guess I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> yeah. really. I guess I'm just the asshole. Speak who just, for yourself, yeah, dumb dumb. But uh, I'm going to be, I chose a different beer. It's the Point 394, a pale ale from Alesmith outside, mm. or it, from San Diego. Are you familiar with this? Brewery yes, Darian, have itself? we been to Alesmith Brewery? Yes. We've been to Alesmith Brewery. Oh, excellent. So you know all about it, right? I've like had, the some, of had some, some of their wares. Had some of their wares. It's kind of a cool wares, logo. Yeah. You got a, a beer on top of an anvil, right? Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, it's one step away from a fucking wolf with a lug nut wrench, so. <laughs> that's very, that's many <laughs> steps away from yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to exaggerate the gap there. On yeah, that. absolutely. Much please, please don't Providing do that. Providing for his wolf family. <laughs> and on the bottom, it literally says San Diego style pale ale. So this should drink exactly like Totes San Diego Nar? drinks. Yeah, Totesnar, Dankers, <laughs> talking all this kind of stuff out there, man. Um, but it's got it's a like bit a of carne good. asada in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need the asada. Um, like we were talking about right before the show, uh, this beer is made by a famous person, uh, Tony Gwynn. Where it's like dedicated to it. It's dedicated yeah. to Tony Gwynn, which I have never heard of this man before in my life. But it's just he it looks just like he's swinging a baseball. <laughs> he looks yeah, swinging he's a, a baseball, baseball player. at a bat. He, he is has he a bat baseball player. And, he has a bat. And he his has name, bats. his nickname was Mr. Padre, 
and uh, he was an American professional right fielder who played 20 seasons in the MLB for San, the San Diego Padres. So there you pretty, go. See, look, you know Chase is a dedicated San Diego because that just came right off the top of his head. You know, it's he like just, he didn't even have that to look it up at all. Yeah. What I actually, what's pretty cool is one of the first things I did when moving out here was do a like uh, a tourist city tour where you get mm-hmm. on these like tourist buses and you sightsee and they tell you all about the city. And I swear, I like I know more about San Diego than a lot of San Diegans. Like when people hmm. talk to me about the city, I will just fucking hit them with the random trivia, man. It feels good. There you you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, from the first couple sips, man, it's it's pretty good for a pale ale as a little bit more of a bite, which I like too as mm-hmm. well. But also a smooth finish. Also, the head on this bad boy is foamy as shit. When I poured <laughs> it up and I poured it right to the perfect tippy top, yeah. I got a solid, uh, what was it, a nice from you. Nice. And you looked at it, you yeah. like, nice. <laughs> And I was like, cool. Thank you, the, man. Uh, the top of the can says citrusy, tropical, smooth. So you kind of nailed all those, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's called, I don't even know if we call it what it's called. It's the, the 394, I think. It's, it's dot 394. It's his batting it's average. His batting average, which is apparently which is good crazy. according to baseball. Yeah, it's pretty really. good. But um, it's supposed to be light with a kick, which means uh, <laughs> not a lot of body uh, or not like a, a super heavy body feel, but um, a, full of hop character. Uh, so 6.0 alcohol by volume. So looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Chase, are you drinking anything over there today? So I've been dipping into the dark side. Of course. And that is water (laughs) drinking, drinking coffee at work. Oh yeah, what? there you go. Dude, He's talking I about it that regularly. With you today. Yeah, joking me. I was. I told him that. Yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been doing it, and I drank two cups. And it made me, I was just way too jittery. I felt it. I was like, okay, yeah, I, this is what too much coffee tastes like. And I swear I have like a headache from it. So yeah, I'm literally just drinking water. <laughs> oh, there you go, man. Welcome. Yeah. So you're finally, yeah, you're getting the caffeine headaches and everything, the dehydration that comes it took with like it. took like six hours, man. That was it. And I was like, it's, fuck, that was a quick loop. Oh, well, yeah. Do you know, you know, I have a strategy when it comes to coffee drinking. Do you, do you care Hit to me. hear? I would love to hear it. When you wake up, you're tired as fuck, right? Naturally. You're every probably day. going to feel most awake naturally after eating lunch again. You're gonna eat, you're mm-hmm. like going to rejuvenate yourself by getting lunch, getting energy in the system. That is the, yeah, food so is energy. So between waking up, I like, you know, and working for a couple hours, those are okay, but then I start like dozing off. So I get a I get a coffee right there like an hour and a half before lunch. Okay. So, so that like keeps nine me, o'clock? Yeah, 9.30, Have that for a couple of hours. Then I eat lunch. Mm-hmm. I feel good. But then after like an hour, I've like digested it all. And like a lot of my, you know, energy from my, my chemical energy from my body trying to digest all the food is now draining me. And I get the 2.30s, right? Oh, yeah. Well, then at 2.30, I get another a, coffee. a second cup of gel yeah. right there. But I don't ever have more than two in a day. I feel you. So I spread them out over a lot, like four hours between e- each other, and I try and do it when my natural body lulls are going to start to kick in. That's smart. That's smart. I do actually a really similar thing, only instead of not drinking something when I wake up, I also drink coffee and then drink coffee at 9.30, and then instead of lunch, I actually drink coffee too as well. So, <laughs> so you and then drink I have another drink of coffee. Day. So that's my strategy, and so far Fucked it's up, destroyed man. my body. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, choose whichever one of those you want to go with, Chase, of course, but yeah. you know, there's something for everybody. I'll shoot down the middle of that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. So, we're drinking some beers or we're drinking some water. Let's go ahead and just cut the shit, boys, and jump right into this. This is Witty Panther. I don't know why. But I've had like a real strong urge to beep after Hunter, and it's fucked up like two of the recent episodes for some reason because I keep trying to go in right after Hunter for some reason. I don't know where this the is coming from. The one in the last episode was funny yeah, to mix. Was, yes. We can change it up, man. It's I mean, there's no rules here. We yeah, the world yeah, the podcast is all three of our. The only rule is let's try not to trip over each other on our beeps. No, you don't like that? I feel like we should trip over each other on the beeps more often. Well, between you not doing beeps all. all beep at the same time. Yeah. And now tripping them over. Yeah, let's just all simultaneously beep on this next one for sure. (laughs) Yeah, just one monotone. Oh, man, just the brown note on top of it. That'd be great. 
Oh, man. So we got some things to talk about. Not really, but kind of. Uh, <laughs> we've all had a few little experiences lately. I know that you, Hunter, mm-hmm. have a little something that you're working on. Something on the horizon. Yeah. That so I'm pretty interested in. Um, Last weekend, I got to go uh, for the first of two weekends for recording our EP, our second EP. So um, that was exciting. I guess we got to do it at the same place as we did last time. We felt pretty good with the results we had. Um, we had a different guy who was like like um, sound like the sound engineer. He was different. Yeah. Probably probably didn't prefer him to the other guy, but he was still okay. I mean, it was mostly just the way the way it ends up always going is it takes forever to fucking set up the drums because yeah. you have to have like twelve mics for it's the drums. Such an ob- like <laughs> I don't want to say obnoxious, <laughs> an instrument. obnoxious, stupid <laughs> instrument. <laughs> it's just like, dude. <laughs> Playing the drums is such a dedication in so many different ways, yeah. right? You can't like you have to lug around the most absurdly cumbersome equipment mm-hmm. ever. Okay, yeah. You need, like you said, fifteen mics. Right? Yeah, usually with a carpet too. Yeah, absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's expensive as shit to yeah. get involved in drums. It's fucking heavy. It's like, hey man, it's I loud like, as shit. I threw down 40 bucks for my first guitar and it was just like all up there from there. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I like somehow collected $900 and got a drum set <laughs> and started playing. And yeah. it broke. And I don't yeah, know how to tune yeah. them. Yeah. And all the snares are done. Yeah. There's, apparently, as you tune a drum somehow. I don't know how that works. So, yeah, dude, respect to all the drummers out there. You really put in the craft. And respect to everybody that was around you while you finally tuned your craft. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure yeah. that was also horrible. That's why it's great. I mean, so we have Jean Luc back. Um, yeah. God, that's been that's the fun thing. Guy. That's a godsend, man. It really is. For I think we talked about it briefly, but for whatever reason, he was just like, oh, studying jazz at Berkeley in Spain? Fuck that. Uh, and he's just living in Austin. <laughs> I don't want to be held back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so he was laying down some good shit. And then, yeah, I, I guess you try and get... You try and do as much of it live as you can. You want to get that live feel. You know, and, the, and like... In the room. It seems a little counterintuitive. Like, you would think that maybe, like, okay... We have the drummer do his thing, and then on top of that, we do the bass, and then on top of that, we do the guitar. But there is actually some sort of intangible thing about like the groove, about having yeah. everybody playing together. Absolutely, like I agree it, with that. You can tell, a, like it's very slight sometimes, but you can tell when you haven't played together or when you have. Mm-hmm. So that was the meat and bones of what we did last weekend. I didn't really do much because I just. My contributions are synth and vocals, and you can put synth on top of everything, and you can put, yeah. and you put vocals last. So I was kind of just throwing my creative two cents in there, but it was still fun because that was the first music thing I've done in like two months or three months. So yeah, have you like so everything is already written and ready to go? So you've already had some things that you guys have been working on for forever, and you're just now finally putting them and recording them down. Do you ever like? have to tweak anything or like do you ever tweak anything in the live recording session are you ever just like hold up hold up i got an idea and we got to do it now because we're recording right now let's change <laughs> this part I have a 40 minute solo vocals acapella breakdown here right in the middle the idea is you don't want to do that because you're on your time is money when yeah. you're in the studio you know and it's it's much better to come in knowing basically what you want that's why, like, you know, if you can, try and record it yourself and then mess around with it all the different ways that you want in there and then be like, okay, I'm coming in knowing what I want to yeah. get out of this. Just quality. Um, uh, ob- there's always going to be things that change because, again, when you're playing live, there are little variances that happen. And mm-hmm. so sometimes you'll, like, be like, oh, that wasn't planned, but I kind of like that more. And then if that happens, you're like, oh, okay, well, it might be better if this guy hits like the bassist or whatever, if the drummer hits this weird beat, maybe the bassist plays like a weird beat to match it instead yeah. or something. So there is some impromptu stuff, but you, but like last, the last EP we had, we spent a lot of time that was wasted. Um, we had like one song that we ended up doing like 30 different percussion things on and then we didn't use any of it. That's, <laughs> so, Jesus that's like taking like 20 classes a minute. None of this is going to my major. Yeah. Like we had like, we had shakers. We had the freaking um, what are the freaking the eggs? The sh- the, it's the like eggs. a shaker, like but it's a bells on the shaker. I can't remember what it's called. Tambourine. Tambourine. Yeah, there you go. And you had like um, <laughs> yeah, all sorts of different percussion instruments because we were trying to go for like a samba e fill at the beginning of the song. Oh wow! And then it didn't. And then we were like, we don't like any of it. 
and so we just didn't use any of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. But that's None like, of those are from Brazil. Yeah. But that's like, you know, it's it's about like, this is actually a pretty good rate. Um, it's a fairly quality studio and sound, and it's 350 bucks a day. So... That's not bad between the between all you guys. It's true, but I mean, it's it's definitely not. But when you have maybe ten hours, and then you spend two or three of those hours just fucking around and setting doing, up and tearing down, or well, that, and then also like not squabbling, but just deciding on little small things that don't actually end up making any difference in the end product. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's like scope creep, right? But it's like you know you end up worrying about stuff that doesn't matter in the end. So it's a part of the creative process, Hunter. I mean, it it's is part it, of the. It just would be so sick to like go and just have a studio. Just be like, we're going in today, and we don't have to worry about the fucking money, like the time, or and everything. Like, you know, like maybe you worry about the money, but like, you know, you're not like on a oh we have to finish this weekend, you know, like, oh, or yeah. else it's all yeah. that's what we got. That fucking sucks, and then you might put out something that you're not super proud of, but it's like um. It's like you got to condense. How much collective work did you really put into the song itself, right? It's like when you write a paper and you spend so much time dicking around in between, <laughs> but you go through these bursts of like, right, 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 right. Yeah. This is effective. And, blah, and then blah, it blah. can be quality sometimes. But you're like, man, I probably did like two and a half hours of work <laughs> of in work. this 10 hour span. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I had just really utilized that two and a half hours mm-hmm. instead of wasting all that other time. So I understand that. But we, but we did better this time in those regards. We're doing five songs instead of four on the CP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it because in the last EP there was a lot more like I guess vari- like variability in singing so like yeah. some songs were really high singing and other songs I was like trying to go really low I think this one is like Smooth. almost almost every song is mostly me just kind of singing in a middle tier register which sounds, sounds like you're playing it safe is, man what's going well, on no, it's, it's, what's the deal with this it's comfortable like it's not me like straining myself to hit the things I want to hit, which okay. it doesn't come across as strained then, you know? Oh, I mean? Okay. I feel that. So I think that's the idea. That's so I think cool. I've, I think I've asked before, but why, so why another EP and why, when, when is the step for a full album come? Um, so Blake and I have discussed this a little bit. I mean, I think the idea is we want to have enough, we want to have enough um, sort of product, like actual good quality product under our belt before putting out a full album. Like, I guess, I guess the idea is, is that if we can regularly put out quality content, then when we finally have an album, then people are going to be ready to listen to it. But, I mean, it's not like a crazy legitimate strategy. I think it's just more so that we, I don't know, we just end up having a couple of weekends that we end up wanting to book or like a, a time period that we have five or so songs that we want to try and put down. I mean, would and you so say that like, Blake's like more control in the overall strategy of those kind of things? Because he does seem like a more meticulous thinking kind of guy. And so it it makes he, sense to me that that would be the, the He approach. drives the effort. He definitely is the one who's like putting the coal in the in the train. Right, he's in the fire to get the train going. Um, nice. He's, <laughs> I mean, and and we all kind of respect that. Like, it's our band, but it's like it's his band. You know, like it's he started it. He's kept it together. He organizes For years, the show. Dude. Yeah, he organizes the show. He organizes the. We have like web page and email listing, and he does all that kind of. This stuff. is baby. It's yeah. He absolutely. invested into a studio in his backyard so that we could practice. Like it's. It's his band, you know, and so, yeah, um, yeah. so he, it, I think it's more so his decision, and if it was left up to us, we probably wouldn't be doing an EP at all. We'd probably just still be practicing and doing creative writing and stuff, but I'm glad he kind of got us in the studio and, you know, had us going Put again. Put it down, man. Well, I mean, I'm like, your last one was fucking super tight. Like, your last one came out really well, and it came out of Thank nowhere, you. so I'm glad that you guys are hitting the studio again, and I'm glad that you're... Like doing in more a music timely manner too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's no rush to try to do something that's like more full length because I think that you know, like five, like dude, five songs is a lot of fucking songs. Yeah, to have to fucking record and also it's a small set. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And like also, you can always kind of find maybe the songs that you feel like best represent yourself on the last two EPs and like mm-hmm. use those as where you want to take the direction of a 
like album two as well. Right. Yeah. But I am. Uh, I mean, I'm genuinely stoked, dude. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. yeah. I'm. Uh, I'll. I'll definitely drop the, the info when it's ready. Yeah, man. But it'll probably be about a month. But yeah, that's be waiting. still pretty quick. But yeah, so that's on the horizon. So cool. uh, definitely look out for that. What about you, dude? Skis. I well, on the topic of music, I've been pretty jazzed. All right, all right, because I went to a show last Hardcore night. Hardcore jazz. That was yeah, <laughs> not really jazz because jazz is lame. <laughs> Hard cool. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking, of course. Uh, but I went to a show last night, and it was for one of my favorite metal bands ever. All right, a band called Knocked Loose. If you haven't heard of this band, I haven't. You gotta go check them out because okay. they are fucking rowdy and they've got the dankest rowdy riffs of is all an time. Understatement. That band is so stompy. It's got like the kind of stompy riffs stompy. that I like when you get a like you know because I don't yeah, like, like the, stomping someone's face into the curb. That dude, kind of <laughs> that kind of stompy, right? Okay. And it's been a really long time since I've been to a metal show. And most metal shows that I've gone to are either bands that are so big that it doesn't get to this caliber, Mm -hmm. right? Or they're so small that it's like either investing in somebody that I know or like just a really small venue that I'm just kind of going to just to Mm -hmm. fuck around at. Uh, But this one's met me kind of right in the middle. I went and I saw him at the studio at Warehouse Live, which is not Warehouse Live, but it's the smaller studio right next to him. (laughs) And it reminded me a lot of Chase, the uh, the Valiant Thor show that we went to, where it was in the downstairs of Fitzgerald's, which is like absurdly small, like smaller than (laughs) like, you know, like the stage was as tall as this table. Right. And Mm -hmm. there was, you know, a room for 100 people in there. But it was the same kind of concept. But I've never seen such an actively like aggressive crowd in my life. And I like going to big shows and I like seeing some of the spectacles of all these people all getting around like a group or something like this. But the intimacy of the band and the audience at the show mm-hmm. was just like one to one. That like seems these- to be how it is with these hardcore acts is like they go to give the microphone to their fans, you know? Dude, absolutely, 100%. And I came in and I, I walked in in the middle of uh, when the third band was playing, third to final band was playing, Jesus Peace. And just walking in initially, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be fucking awesome. Because <laughs> I like literally walked in and like everybody was just fucking like circle pitting and going fucking crazy. And then by the time that Terror, who is another band that I really like, came on next, this dude, the way he could control the crowd was just like mesmerizing and the way he just gave free range to the crowd he was like if you guys aren't fucking stage diving this whole time i'm gonna be fucking pissed so people are like all right dude fuck it and there was a constant there was a literal constant stream of like four to five people just getting up on fucking stage yeah and just stage diving off the whole fucking time people that like got really hurt like there were some people who got very damaged at this show there was this kid that got up there and fucking tried to tried to get it wasn't him diving off the stage he climbed on top of his friend and he got onto his shoulders and he was getting onto the stage, jumped and tried to land on his feet, but went face forward and fucking smashed his face into the fucking, oh, <laughs> fucking stage God. super hard. <laughs> and, the, and this is while Knocked Loose was playing. And Knocked Loose, the dude just like was fucking going crazy. And he like looked over and stopped for a second to give like courtesy of like, this dude's really hurt. Yeah. And somebody just came up and like fucking picked up this essentially dead body off of the fucking stage. <laughs> Dude, and I was just like, uh, we just gonna let that roll. And the dude just like let him walk off the stage and went right back fucking into it. And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking sick as fuck, right? So, and it was just like <laughs> the weird the weirdest part about this show and about this this metal show experience is that there's a lot of um there was a lot of like positivity in the way that these bands presented their music in between all of their like in between all of their sets, and they would like, you know, very, very, very descriptive about hey. Do not fucking fight here. You're not fucking here to fight. We're here to get like some positive fucking aggression out. Yeah. Everybody's fucking bumping into each other. But if you guys aren't fucking all moving at the same time, I'm gonna be fucking pissed, right? Yeah. It was that kind of like it was just like a nice little like like me knowing that everybody there Did you is, go alone? Uh no, I went with Andra. And mm. we were all there and like <laughs> it was just nice to go there and realize that we were all there to cathartically release all of this like sort of aggression but in like the like essentially safest way possible right Mm. in this sort of sense and it was just fucking awesome feeling all this crazy energy and yeah uh, where was the line between aggression and violence because at metal shows that like people are getting violent in the pit that's when it's like i don't want to be there like they're out there to like hurt each other and i've also seen punk shows where they like they bust each other's lip 
and like they got bloody noses, but then they both walk outside together and like shake hands and have a beer. And it's like this really weird camaraderie through like aggression and violence or something. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, I'd say like, I mean, general rules are just like, you don't throw blows, like you don't throw punches in a pit, right? Like you use your shoulders. That's how you fucking get around. You don't want to fucking punch somebody in the middle of a mosh, yeah. but that's fucked up, dude. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the general energy. It's just like being able to like know that you can run around and move into people, but like not attack somebody, obviously that's fucked up. And like, that would kind of throw the whole situation up, but everybody's also like a team at the same time. That's the funniest part too, is like every now and again, Somebody will like push everybody away and everything will stop for a second. And then somebody will like hold up a phone and be like, phone, like lift the phone. And then like one guy will come out and be like, yeah, sorry, it's my phone. And like grab it. And then they just start fucking moshing again. They'll do the same thing with like a hat. Somebody lose a hat. Where's his hat going? Mm -hmm. and they'll just go and like grab the hat and come back in. I was like, that's cool. And if you fall over, somebody will fucking pick you up. And it's fucking sick. Um, but I just had a lot of fun. And it was just one of the best shows I've ever fucking seen live. They played like every song I could have ever wanted them to at the show. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, like, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say other than that. Uh, That's awesome. Obviously, people got really fucking hurt, like I was saying. One dude at the very end, when we were all finished, there was like some dude convulsing in the back, which uh. was pretty cool. I was like, dang. <laughs> and they were so nonchalant about it. Like, this dude was right next to him, and like, the medic was walking by, and he's like, hey, don't go too far, because this guy's really hurt. And she was like, oh, yeah. And just like, kind of walked over there like it was fucking nothing. Like, this was just like something that happens at all these fucking <laughs> metal shows. And I just thought it was like really funny how just callous it was to that but i don't know i thought it was fucking sick kind of wanted to talk about it and i thought it was cool man awesome yeah yeah it, it's it's definitely something that i would want to go just to see because i'm i'm always into concert experiences and i've never been to a hardcore show before and i might not be like in the middle of it because i don't know their music like you and everybody else um who listens do but it would it's definitely something that's like i'd want to see once at least you know yeah absolutely if you can Make it out to a fucking cool hardcore show. Yeah, that shit is fucking tight. I think it's. I think it's just interesting how we're, what we're saying is like that there are there are pretty clear differences in types of music, right? That you can go see, but and then how the music translates into the audience and how the audience treats like being around each other, interacting with the band. Like there's like punk, and then there's hardcore, and there's metal, and yeah. like all these things, and like. You know, there's all sorts of different crazy like arrays of how people interact with the music and interact with the band. I think it's just interesting. Well, it's just a show like that is so much of I feel like a unique experience as opposed to going to just like listen to music. Because there are some times that I've been to shows where like this is cool and I like seeing this band live, mm -hmm. but I'm not getting too much out of this other than like, you know, like if you recorded this event. I might get the same experience. Yeah. I felt the same way about there. Silver Sun pickups. Yeah. Like I could exactly like that's a good example. Like I appreciated that show and I really like that show. And that's my like one of, if not my favorite band is Silver Sun pickups. So that speaks a little bit more to me personally, but like that's exactly the kind of experience that I'm talking about. Just kind of standing there and like watching a show mm -hmm. doesn't yeah. feel as much like I am taking it in unless it's something that I haven't seen before. Maybe it's like a band or something that I haven't seen live or like, don't normally listen to it might be a more unique experience but at some point you just kind of want to be like why didn't i just listen to this at my house i mean you know i've always I mean? been a huge proponent that the crowd basically makes the show makes or makes or breaks it you know like yeah 100 percent. It, it it's energy if it's down the middle of the road the concert's in the middle of the road if it's high up there and it's vibing with you then you're gonna enjoy yourself and if it throws it off it, then it's gone you know yeah no yeah. yeah. i agree 100 percent it's a unique experience that I think a metal show, like I think it's just a different experience at the show than it is to even live, listen to the band itself. And I think I get two different things from both of them. So yeah, I don't know, dude, awesome. I'm fucking pumped. So I'm going to go see <laughs> more hardcore shows this year. That's one of my new life cool. goals. Yeah. So there you go. Just stay Absolutely. safe. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's enough bullshit for right now. Let's go ahead. Take a quick little break. Come on back. Review some of this water. Review some of this beer. Okay. <laughs> and get to it. All right, beta beta people. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. And feel free to share it with your friends. 
Let's get back to it. We're back. The second half of the show now. Mm-hmm. We've been hanging out, shooting the shit a little bit. We've also been drinking some beers. What do you think about this beer so far, Hunter? I think that the idea that it's citrusy is mm-hmm. correct. Ding. I don't know about I don't know about tropical. Yeah, I'm also not feeling any tropical elements. I guess this. usually you would think citrusy and tropical go hand in hand, but I don't I don't know. I don't know why, but tropical is falling flat on for, for uh, me. Yeah, I feel like there's a specific taste of tropical. <laughs> it's like when you accidentally grab like a bag a of Skittles or something. Yeah, mango, right? And then you're like, the tropical flavors, like, well, that's just different fruits. Yeah. What? How much different can this taste? And then you try them and you're like, these taste fucking gross. But altogether, I mean. What? You don't <laughs> like tropical flavored candies? I don't like tropical flavored skills. Myself. You don't like tropical jelly beans? No. Like, why tropical jelly beans? Okay, There's better jelly beans than tropical del- jelly like, beans. Then like okay, what? name a couple of tropical jelly beans. I need some reference here. Like okay. mango flavored jelly beans. That's there you go. See, like I don't know. I, <laughs> that's I coconut, one. papaya, pineapple. Papaya would be a great one. Kiwi. I don't think I've had enough to be able to establish an opinion here. I want to back up, in that all of these things individually are very good. I like coconuts a lot. I like pineapples a lot. I'm not. Well, there's another I love one pineapple. There. Yeah, I'm not papaya super into papaya. I'm honestly not a big mango person either. See, uh, see, this is the thing. Because I haven't had much mango stuff, but like literally everyone I know is just gaga about mango shit. Yeah. No, and I don't understand way. the asphyxiation. Like it's, like it's like a step above honeydew. It's just everyone that I talk to. Dude, it's not even they're close just like, to honeydew. Mango. Honeydew is trash. Okay. Yeah, melons that. are fucking gross. Melons honeydew are disgusting. Is just, sh- is just like the Eli Manning of the... Uh, <laughs> very boring. Of and very lackluster. The cantaloupe. The cantaloupe. Yeah, yeah dude. No, I feel that. But um, the mangoes are right there with it. Yeah, all close. this to say, this beer is, it's, it is smooth. It's 6.0 alcohol by volume, and I think it drinks well for that. Yeah. Um, and I do like the fact that it is a little citrusy. Mm-hmm. It's light. It drinks well. I like it. I also like it. I don't have any problems with it, really. Chase, don't worry. We support the San Diegan beer. Hang is it better out. than the Stone Ripper that we had, Hunter? The Stone Ripper. Probably not in that it's. it just doesn't seem as like distinct. But um, I, I honestly, it's hard for me to remember the Stone Ripper itself. What, what I said about the Stone Ripper. Yeah. What is the Stone Ripper? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. Who knows? Fuck me if I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Before we get into this, this so Chase, you have a game planned, right? Yep. Absolutely. Game time. So Chase, you're pretty disenfranchised with Dragon Ball Fighters right now, right? Pretty disenfranchised with fighting games and life in general. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's heavy. I just wanted to like. I mean, are you just not going to be playing the game? You think this like going forward? If I play fighting game, play and practice fighting games, it's probably going to be Guilty Gear first. Oh, okay, right now because they just came out with a patch, and I haven't tested the patch or anything. But apparently, the Maybe online is yeah fairly fixed. So what was the issue? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of issues, but this next patch, this next patch came out with like some minor character like adjustments. Like they adjusted some stuff on like Piccolo, and then they also made it to where if you like send another person in. You can't cross them up anymore, so you can't do snapback cross-ups anymore, which is kind of whack. Mm. But then, most importantly, is they did some assessing to fix the online for Dragon Ball Fighters. But I haven't tried it, so I was just seeing if anybody had been playing it all to test it out. I haven't been able to play in about a week or two. That sucks. Yeah, right I mean, I'd, I'd like to keep playing it. I just I noticed that when I had been playing it often, and when I went back to Guilty Gear, I felt like that I felt like DBFC had made me in particular, worse at Guilty Gear. And and it's just like, and I'm not saying this to disparage the game, and I don't even say this from like a place of skill because I'm a very poor fighting game player in the grand scheme of things. But I just think it's, it's so much easier to play DBFZ that it plays into my own problems with fighting games of just turning my brain off. And... When I was playing Guilty Gear, I was like, I'm not even like paying attention to my fingers right now. Mm. Like, 
and I don't, and, and this level of uh, focus is, it gets me through DBFZ and I just wasn't happy with how that felt. That's interesting. Cause I went back and started playing. Cause I've also been pretty jazzed on guilty gear cause of all the new uh, patch note stuff. And just the idea that people are posting a lot of tech. And when I went back and played guilty gear, like I felt like I had so much better of an understanding of that game having played DBFZ for so much. Well, think like, about it. It was like, you got to really, um, play with the mechanical m- movement of Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Fighters, which is something that I think would translate very well across games. Yeah. Yeah, and I, like, I already brought, I brought that from Guilty Gear to DBFC. And so yeah. like when I go backwards, it's just like a, a good example is uh, like a bunch of the command normals that you need to do in Guilty Gear. Mm. I just all over the place, it. not yeah. hitting it because in Dragon Ball Fighters just, as long as your stick is down, you can. It's gonna. It's gonna basically move you through the string on yeah. its own. You know. No, absolutely. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to check up on those, just making sure everybody was okay. But enough about that, <laughs> right? You have a game or something prepared for us? Today? I do. Uh, we're doing another hero or zero this time. Throw down your sword and bend the knee. <laughs> Wait till you see my full power. Prepare yourself for a thousand fists. If no one else will do this, I will. Okay, excellent. I <laughs> like it. Double duty. Yeah, I love it. No, that's now, great. Now, whenever finally. we play Metal or Magic, we uh, would both give an answer. So, yeah. I'm gonna. I want to use those rules because I like those rules better. Where you guys are both gonna give an answer for each okay. one of the the questions, and whoever got the whoever's in the lead doesn't have to go first. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna throw in an additional rule where if you if you guys like both guess the same thing. And mm-hmm. both get it wrong. I'm gonna give a point to me just to yeah, see yes. if I can get a point. Of course, the dealer rules. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. that. That's cool. I like so, it. So if you put up a good game, then you can win. Then you yeah, won it all. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so the, here, heroes or zeros. If you're, if you're just listening in, you never heard the game. I'm going to come up with a series of bloodborne items. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> March this year, uh, this March, Bloodborne is free on PlayStation Plus, and I oh, recommend cool. that both you two get it because I think it's one of the best games of the generation. And it's got Ooh. me playing it again. And the item descriptions in this game are just otherworldly, just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so awesome. I've got seven blo- items from Bloodborne, and they are going to have to guess whether or not the description is real, a hero, or fake, a zero. So you awesome. guys do it. I'm very into it. Cool. All right. We're going to start with Hunter because Hunter won the game on the last one. And I know <sighs> yeah. I, I know the tradition is to usually start a little easier, make the first <laughs> yeah. two kind of, you know, softballs. Some softballs up in there. Some underhands, please. So the first one for both of you is mm-hmm. called The Hunter's Mark. And the description <laughs> is dangling upside down rune etched in one's mind. Symbol of a hunter. By focusing one's thoughts on this rune, a hunter loses all blood echoes, but awakens afresh as if it were all just a bad dream. So I know a little bit about blood echoes. <laughs> yeah, but um, so does he, alright? <laughs> you don't think he fucking wouldn't throw that shit in their face like that? He's absolutely incorporating stuff. What's weird is like... I is Thinking? that how the descriptions go? Are they like are they like narrative esque in that sense? I yeah. Guess, so maybe. the descriptions are where um, this game's lore comes through. You learn about the story of Bloodborne and Dark Souls through item descriptions and the environment. That's very tight. And so what what is what is the second half after the imagery like imagining the hunter part again? I just mm-hmm. want to. So dangling upside down rune etched in one's mind, symbol of a hunter. By focusing one's thoughts on this rune, a hunter loses all blood echoes, but awakens afresh as if it were just a bad dream. So a respawn, but you lose your blood echoes. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, you're breaking down what it actually does. That's good. I'm okay. going to say it's real. Okay. You think it's real? Sure. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think that's real. It's too easy. All right. First point goes to Hunter. God damn it. Bad up a because he, did, he rightly there. identified the core mechanic in all Souls games, dying and respawning without your blood echoes, without your souls. I thought it was easy. I thought that's what... <laughs> God fucking damn it. We're doing softballs uh, here, Max. Are we? And I'm overthinking them, dude. I'm, I'm calculating. I'm doing fucking Bunsen burners and schematics over here, and the ball just slightly <laughs> rolled by me. Like, what? <laughs> but I just got the fucking... 
You were yeah. You went to the batting cages and you walked into what you thought was the high speed pitch, and they sent you one of the, the slow ones. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that was close. All That's right. right. I'm prepared now. This next one, Hunter, is going right back to you. This okay. one is the weeping reed blade. It is a trick weapon used by apostates seeking refuge from the healing church. This weapon was preferred by the heretics as it appears to only be a small knife while the remainder of the blade is concealed in the hunter's sleeve. Once fully brandished, the long, thin blade does additional bleed damage to members of the church. To members of the church. Does additional bleed damage? Bleed damage doesn't throw me off. I think the idea of members of the church and all this lore around the church. Yeah. It makes me think now, for whatever reason. I'm gonna go with the gut. I say it's not real chase. Okay. <laughs> Max, where are you putting yourself? Oh man, can I just get the description one more time? Alright. A trick weapon used by apostates seeking refuge from the healing church. This weapon was preferred by the heretics as it appears to only be a small knife while the remainder of the blade is concealed in the hunter's sleeve. Once fully brandished, the long, thin blade does additional bleed damage to members of the church. I don't think it's real. I don't. All right. Both of you guys put a point on the board. There you go. Because I'm like, dude, why would they be putting a little tiny needle sword in the game? What? I mean, that's... Wait, wait, what's the... There's a word for that from uh, Dopey Definitions. Oh, a snickerdy uh, or something like snicker, that. Yeah, it's snicker, yeah. Like snicker, snicker, What are you talking about? Snicker is iconic <laughs> to the. It's a dis- iconic. But to bloodborne, yeah, you got to be sneaky sometimes. <laughs> a little snick before you sneak. All right, Chase, number three. All right. So the heat's gonna be, you know, coming up a little bit here. here the go. next here one, go. Hunter, that you have um, the rain on because you're in the lead, two to one. Yeah. This yeah. item is called Sage's Wrist. Special material used in a holy chalice ritual. A body part of a saint sacrificed by the healing church in their search for truth. The additional rite offering invigorates the watchers, making them more treacherous than normal, but also them also making them worthy prey for a special hunt. So it sounds like you like use this item and then the bog items or, or the fucking whoever people that are just random nobodies that you kill end up dropping better loot or something or becoming more important. So it sounds like Increases your luck, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Something equivalent to that, yeah. The idea of it being a wrist that's sacrificed doesn't sell me too well. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like of all of the body parts that you could sacrifice. Like you just take the wrist out and then you put the hand back on to the... Like, that's where all like, the mojo the is, is dude. You just go straight. Is this it? like part of a kneecap? Yeah. You know? Um, I'm going to say, though, because of the game mechanic in it, I'm going to say it's real. All right. Hunter putting it down for the real category. Max, where does that leave you? Oh, okay. There's just like nothing I want more. Or nothing I want less than Chase getting a point out of any of this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's that's the thing. Because I do. I also agree that I've, like, I like. I'm not going to let it happen. I see the game mechanic here, right? But I'm also, you know, I'm I'm at the Bunsen burners again. I'm thinking, like, does Chase know that I'm going to look at that? I'm going to think about that because Chase, he's been playing video games a long time. But I, I also, I thought it was real, too, as well. All right, two reels, two points. That is a real Bloodborne item. Yeah. Right away. I guess we're we feeling it, man. Yeah. The momentum's rolling. It's two to three. So it's still a tight, yes. a tight one. It is, absolutely. All right, Hunter, it still goes to you for first choosies. This one is called the Cursed and Defiled Root Chalice. Root Chalice that breaks multiple labyrinth seals. This cursed chalice makes a special ritual possible, but must not be used lightly, as the resulting transformation can be utterly drastic. The old labyrinth was carved out by Thumerians, superhuman beings that are said to have unlocked the wisdom of the Eldritch Truth. The Eldritch Truth? Ooh, that was the street we lived in. super vague. It did at first, but it, you know. Like, what the fuck does this do? What are you doing? 
It's a cursed <laughs> goblet uh-huh. that unlocks the labyrinths. What the fuck does that mean? Maybe it's something to get into somewhere, right? Like you need the <laughs> goblet, and then you can get into the special area of the map. A goblet? Yeah. I don't know, man. You put it on like a pedestal or something, and then like it all lights up, and then the. I could see it being vague for the purpose of the game. Like, how do I use this fucking goblet? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Chase has been there. But I would imagine that they would put a little more of the the specifics in the description if this thing is real. I'm gonna say not real. Fucking damn it! <laughs> How much Max, are you going to be chance, dude? Yeah, yeah, it's three to two, <laughs> baby. I, I can't really like. I also think <laughs> that it's not real, but I'm also don't want to keep copying your answers. And then the second we both miss one, I'm be like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> oh. oh man, there's you seven hear total. Anything else? There's, there's, there's seven, seven total. total. Yeah. So I've still got three more to choose from after this. After this, yes. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's real either. That was my initial gut reaction to as well. Well, Chase gets a point. Ooh. Fucking god damn it. <laughs> it's like your worst nightmare came oh. true, buddy boy. Oh my god. Maybe we got three more chases for Chase to pull away. Who knows? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the cursed and defiled root chalice is real. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Okay. Lest Max wallows in shame. Yes, please. No, Hunter, no, you're still in the lead. You. It's three to two. Okay. This next item glinting flint stock rifle. Legendary long-barreled rifle threaded with unholy silver taken from the nightmare frontier. Hunters with a strong blood tinge seek this famed firearm to employ tricks enabled by its profane materials. Its last reported sighting was in Canehurst, and the Healing Church fears it is under control of the vile bloods. So, blood tinge was thrown in there. <laughs> Which so I here's also some words. A little bit of blood. <laughs> That's the thing. I know in it's the in the game. I know it's a mechanic in the game. Oh god. Um, it. Yeah. What are you gonna say? I, I don't. I mean, I'm waiting for what you have to say. I don't. I, I felt like I. I, don't uh, say I felt like I listened closely, but when I try to recall any specifics, <laughs> just one. I know. Just just it was like one word at a time. Yes. And then like only the few that really stick yeah. out. It's like a gun, yeah. right? <laughs> it's flinty. I know that. I can Flint reread stock. some of it. Give us one more All so right. that we can, yeah. we can let this fester. Legendary long-barreled rifle threaded with unholy silver taken from the nightmare frontier. Hunters with a strong blood tin seek this famed firearm to employ tricks enabled by its profane materials. Its last reported sighting was in Canehurst, and the Healing Church fears it is under control of the vile bloods. I'm gonna say it's real. Yeah, like it sounds kind of it sounds kind of legendary. Max looks know. like he has just like indigestion. <laughs> just, this is just. This is all. I, this I don't rarely play the again, game, Chase. man. This is this is hard. Uh, this is what you guys been doing this whole time. This sucks. <laughs> all right. This is my bread and butter, man. Yeah, I know, yeah, dude. dude. You sit in the pocket. I'm the, I'm the young gun here, man. <laughs> I'm trying to pocket. I'm trying to shake things up here. Fuck, man. No, I, I don't think that's real. I'm going to say not real. So Hunter says it. real, and Max says not real? Yeah. Correct. Max has tied it up. Oh, Fucking God knew it. damn it. What's up, boy? Three to three. Okay, three to three to one. Oh, my goodness. So, so we have two more? We got two more. Oh, wow. And that means Max gets the first guess on the next one. Here we go. Okay, good. <laughs> Here, we go. Right. Here we go. So <laughs> he's jazzed man, up. Please. Motherfucker. I prefer All right. Fun. This throw your shit off when I fucking talk about it. <laughs> All right. This next item like is <laughs> Barry. one third of umbilical cord. A great relic, also known as the cord of the eye. Every infant great one has this precursor to the umbilical cord. Used to gain insight and, so they say, eyes on the inside. Although no one remembers what that truly entails. This is too ridiculous that it's gotta be real. <laughs> that you saw it and you were like, yeah, fuck that. These that's gonna throw these guys off for sure. Or Yeah, or Or he's trying to throw setting me off the now stage. Yeah, I'm doing the stupidest thing possible and seeing if these bozos will just go for it. 
But you're not that clever, Chase. That's very real. All right, Max says real. Hunter, are you going to differentiate yourself? The only thing that's throwing me off uh-huh. is they're saying umbilical, right? Mm-hmm. Which relates to your navel <laughs> when you're born. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with eyes? <laughs> because it's, uh, you know, it, that's how babies see when they're no. in the womb. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? No way. <laughs> no way. Uh-huh. So, yeah. um, I'm going to keep it interesting. You said it's, did you say it's real? I said it was real. I'm going to say it's not real. All right. Someone's going to be pulling ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that person is Max. Oh. Uh, Hunter. It feels oh. good on top, man. Wow. God. All right. I get to go first on this one and throw your ass off to you. Do you have it in the, you have another one in the bank in case we tie? I don't. Uh oh. You'd have God to just live it. with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the final the final item. Smashed remains of a cleric. Sacred material protected by Master Wilhelm in Bergenworth. These remnants were preserved after the first blood cleanse initiated by the executioners and are thought to be the key rite in the ritual to summon the Great One. Few hunters have been summoned to the Lunarium to feel its glow before being lost to beasthood. What's it called again? Smashed Remains of a Cleric. Of a Cleric. (laughs) Of a Cleric. Of a Cleric, huh? All right. Okay. I'm leaning towards not real. I am. I think that there is, like... There's wording that he's, you know, like like he made it up, you know, like there's cleric and stuff, stuff that's not too crazy distinctive, mm-hmm. that you know he might be pulling from some more generic. Fuck, ideas. There's a lot of clerics in magic, you know. Yeah, maybe he's pulling from some other places too as well. Yeah. Clerics have been all over the place. Um, that being said, the meta of being the game warden is strong, <laughs> which means that <laughs> it's like making an absurdly like unbalanced amount of heroes versus zeros is part of the game right so this is another real one like i mean that's just that's just how it goes there's only been two fake ones so far right you locking in look man (laughs) all right are you locking in yeah i'm gonna say lock i'm locking in it's not real not real hunter what say you could i hear it again (laughs) smashed remains of a cleric Sacred material protected by Master Wilhelm and Bergenworth. These remnants were preserved after the first blood cleanse initiated by the executioners and are thought to be a key rite in the ritual to summon the Great One. Few hunters have been summoned to the Lunarium to feel its glow before being lost to beasthood. And you said it's not real? Yes. Well, I clearly have to say it's real, right? I mean, you gotta say it. I have to say basically whatever you the opposite. just be locking into yourself. But I just want to know personally. Let's say we were I, I tied. I really think that it's real. You know why? Why? Because the one word that I locked into, Bergenworth. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-oh. And I know that shit's real in Bloodborne. <sighs> well, Chase. This is not real. <gasps> Fuck. Yes. Yes. Yes! Oh my god, feels so good. Oh Max boy. had a pretty good performance, man. That's five points on the board out of seven. You really, five yeah, you really like turned the engine on. Oh yeah, stepped it up start, a little bit. Started going. At Thank the, you. The Thank you. Been revving. This I whole felt time. strong at the beginning, but you you turned it on. So classic tortoise in the hair. Sort of you situation. were ready for that ninety per hour fastball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I had been practicing. While training on all those softballs, I've been before. practicing on those sixties. Yeah, of yeah. course. And you weren't ready. <laughs> These games always have a clear middle and like beginning, middle, and end. In the beginning, if you get those like first points out the bat, you just you sit on this cloud yeah. of comfort, and it'll just <laughs> fucking slip fucking away. That dude. cloud will just <laughs> evaporate from under Nimbus. you. Nimbus. Absolutely. All no, right, but man. you guys should think about playing Bloodborne, man. It's free. If anything, at least free. download it so you own it. So um, I have it. I think yeah. it would even be cool if like we all tried to play it for a week and talked about it on the show or something. I've been getting back into it and it's, nice. it's such a beautiful game, dude. It's a very cool, Dope. cool looking awesome game as free. well. Good job. Awesome. Good game. Yeah, good GG. games. Good games. GG's uh, one, one. That's great. So, and chase, thank you for the game, by yes, the way. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. I want to bring uh, one too, man. You gotta get, yeah, I want to play. I might commit. Chase. 
I might commit to just uh, making the Power Rangers Heroes of Zero next weekend. <laughs> well, don't tell us that we're gonna. Yeah, research I was like, it. okay, yeah. time to go research. Yeah, okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, right. Y'all are gonna go home and fucking research Power Rangers. Yeah, watch. Uh, do you know Max's yeah. competitive drive? <laughs> Oh, man. They've got Wikipedia, dude. Yeah. Let's see if anybody else knows my competitive <laughs> drive and go check some of the emails here real quick. Okay. All right, man. First email comes from Dooney Ray, and uh, he just won't let the fighting game talk die because his question is about fighting game tutorials. He says, one of Tekken 7's flaws is the absence of a proper tutorial. There are systems, moves, and situations the game doesn't explain to you as a new player, and you can feel overwhelmed. From an individual standpoint, how in-depth would you want a tutorial to be for your favorite fighting game? And to take, a, uh, to take count for resources, what would you be willing to give up in turn for that extended tutorial? I would easily give up a like story mode for yeah. a much more in-depth and engaging tutorial mode. Because I think That's that can really be just answer. as fun. Yeah. And I think that, like, dude, Unius does it perfectly. It maps out stuff. It maps out why you use combos. It maps out, like, the use of each combo in the combo trials. It maps out the the system and why it's important and the neutral and, like, just so many different things. And in a way that is just so much more engaging. And I just want to take it even a step further. Like, I want to, like, replicate scenarios, be like, mm-hmm. practice these anti-airs. Like, this guy's going to try to jump in on you or he's going to try to, like, dash up sweep or dash up grab yeah, you. Yeah, because Guilty Gear is something that's similar where they'll have, like, character... They'll have, like, matchup tutorials and yeah. with every Those character in the cool. game... Yeah, yeah, which is cool, but every... Each one of the trials is, like, a one-trick pony, right? Yeah. They're nice to have, but they're not, like, all-encompassing. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, that's that's my answer. I just think that every time, like, a fighting game has a story mode, I just don't care. Like, I did not play... The Dragon Ball Fighters ones still don't have Android 21 because of it. So yeah. I didn't want to sit through it. Um, when they finally released it for uh, Street Fighter V, like, I could not care less. Played it for the fight money. That's it. Do right? it for the fight money. Do it for the fight money. And then, <laughs> other than that, like, I like, like, Mortal Kombat 9 was probably the last time I ever played a fighting game story and was, like, 100% engaged. Yeah. Because that fucking story mode was fucking sick. All it was right? hilarious. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but just since then, I just have not really cared. I mean, the Injustice ones are pretty cool, and like MKX was, was like okay, but I don't give a shit about story modes, and I love awesome tutorials. I think that's the best answer: getting rid of story mode and arcade mode. Yeah. Um, I'm also like, I don't care much about alternative costumes. I like colors, you know, like yeah, me too. Palette <laughs> swaps, colors, yeah. but I could also get rid of that stuff for the things you're saying. Yeah, totally. I think the, I think it's just interesting how like. They try to, like, some games have, like, um, Mortal Kombat will have, like, mini games. Yeah, stuff. those are cool, too. I think that those, those are fun. Like, dude. the tower. The tower is so much funner than a story mode. It was, like, a yeah. thousand times funner. Even though that, that story mode, that the same one that was in, was really great. Like, having the hundred fucking towers of just weird scenarios and just, like, mini games was awesome. And I think that's fine, but I wouldn't, but if I was going to give up something for a better tutorial, it might be, like, the mini Mortal Kombat carts racing or something. I thought that was great. I love really? it. Really? <laughs> in Armageddon? Fuck that that was me, great. Dude. If I came back, I would be fucking stoked. See, that like, I actually didn't mind the story mode in Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon's is all right. Yeah. Because you could, like, have the 3D, like, that was cool. run around. That was, yeah. And, like, it wasn't just fighting game. It was, like, you, it was a different people. game. Yeah. Dude, it was fucking cool. So, like, to, to switch it up, I mean, I also think, personally, story mode or um, tutorial is important for me because, because of my lack of experience. Mm-hmm. So if it is so blasé or like so open ended, like with Dragon Ball Fighter Z, it's like, okay, yeah, you're giving me all the scenarios where I can basically tell, I can make it, make the uh, computer do these certain things. But unless I'm like really have a strategy around it or some sort of it experience. It takes a lot of effort. And you yeah. need to know what you want to practice before doing that. Like, yeah, yeah, without knowing that you're going to waste a bunch of time doing something you don't need to be doing or yeah. so. I think having like a really nice structured tutorial, I'd, I'd be willing to give up also story mode, but also probably stuff like, you know, l- like there's so many other uh, Dragon Ball Z games where there's like a history glossary and fucking yeah. all these other stupid shit that like, I don't, who, who the fuck actually cares I, about that? You know what? That's actually a good answer to you. Or a like lot of that background kind of music. Like to you know, listen yeah, but, to, but that stuff that stuff is very cheap to put in a game because the yeah. assets and the files are all there, and you're basically giving people a menu to just listen to things that are yeah. 
we're in the game regardless. Yeah, it might yeah. not be an equal exchange, but I do agree. I think that's less value. And I want to say that, like, when I say story mode, I, I think about, like, cinematic story modes because I do think that there are other games that have done it really well, like Street Fighter, or not Street Fighter, uh, Soul Calibur 3, which is my favorite Soul Calibur. Yeah, I would play Soul Calibur all the time and just play the single-player modes. Yeah, in the single-player mode, you, like, got a squad together and you, like, had this map and you, like, took your squad around the map and then, like, you would hmm. fight into, and you'd have to, like, break down towers. And it was this really, like, more engaging experience than just, like, the actual story itself so i think those are really cool and i wish that they would bring those back honestly but um good question yeah that was a great question thank you all right next one comes from dunter who says if you had a subservient clone what <laughs> would you make it do for you dunter the coco chub horset uh i would play fighting games with it over and over again <laughs> yeah, oh and you would get God. so fucking good because it knows all your shit and you would what have a to brilliant adapt. answer dude you Fuck. would have to adapt and it'd be fucking awesome I'd probably jam with it. Yeah, that's also a good. <laughs> <laughs> I would just we'd just do harmonies, and he play piano, damn. and I play some guitar. And and I would hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Just like bring, what? Just bring the fuck out of my house, house dude! <laughs> dude. Oh, get out! I of would here. fucking argue with myself. <laughs> I would just be like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" I'm like, "No, I'm not gonna fucking." Yeah, do why? Why should I do that for you? Like, explain to me though, like why. Like, I'd oh be cooking. They're like, "Are you sure you want to cut it like that? You should probably hold the knife a little bit more." Like, <laughs> I know oh how to my hold God, the me. fucking knife. Get the fuck out of here! I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do too. He's like kind of still positive, really reinforcing. Like, I know that, but do you know that? I swear to fucking Wait, which God. one are you? I swear to God. Which one am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your music taste sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same music taste as yours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, let's throw in one last question from Dooney. Says, you are at the bottom of the ocean in some oh. kind of protective gear that can withstand the immense pressure. Awesome. It's pitch black. Uh-oh. But all of your surroundings light up for five seconds. What do you think you would see and what kind of creatures does your mind create? Dooney's getting on some existential shit here. Bro, like some of the most horrifying things in the world are going to be at that level of the sea, dude. Like Giant horrifying. squids are just an atrocity. Squids, man, like fish with just grotesque Capes. rows of teeth just protruding, ready, lurking. <laughs> dude, the fucking ocean is horrifying. My God. Yeah, the ocean is truly mystical to think about. Mm-hmm. But is does not even remotely sound pleasant. <laughs> it doesn't as return far as the a place favor. to live. No, not at all. Or a place to be in for more than three seconds. Space, a symbol of like the beyond, where you wanna, you're, where you wanna go, get to in the future. This ocean, we could probably do without that. That yeah. sounds horrifying. The deep ocean, let's just ignore it. That's not there. I mean, I think we nailed all the ones that just immediately come to mind, right? Like giant squid crazy like any sort of like super scary maybe illuminating fish mm -hmm. like the one from finding nemo yeah right those would be scary as shit um i can't really think of a whole lot of other creatures off the top of my head that i would be like really scared of i can s imagine situations that i was scared of though like Chase, if you and I fucking went, or remember in Oceans, there's like the scene where there's all the fucking crabs. There's literally like millions oh of crabs. Oh my if God. If you like dropped dude. down and it was just like a million crabs as you far as you could you see, were and it surrounded? was like 12 oh. feet deep. I, I legitimately <laughs> said, like, I think one of the circles of my own personal hell would be to be trapped underneath all of those crabs as they walked <laughs> over my body. Because it's not, it's not just like. A, a layer of one or two crabs. They're literally all climbing on top of each other, oh. like feet and piled feet and feet and feet so that they can go higher up into the ocean and grab food. So what it's a like nightmare. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just like being in the middle of one of those and <laughs> all over you and shit, dude, that'd be scary <laughs> as fuck. Oh, man. crabs. Who'd have guessed it? Dude, imagine a fucking, um, like, like you and I are talking, the article you wrote about today, the story that we always talk about, the Nautilus fish or whatever, yeah. it's a squid, right, I think, but imagine that, but like times 10. Like, 
it just comes up to you and like slowly floats and starts doing like illuminating strobe lights and you're just like oh my god oh. and you're, then you're done <laughs> yeah yeah no Oh, that's all of our questions yeah, for today. Thank you guys for emailing in. Always yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, yes, of course. Absolutely. Always. These emails are great. You are um, wonderful. Yes. Everybody is wonderful. Any final words you want to say on this Alesmith, man? I give it like a solid like smile, thumbs up, head nod. That's a lot. You know, it gets that's a... a yeah. Yeah, dude, dude. That's full acknowledgement, dude. It's like it's like when you <laughs> wince. Yeah, it's like when you wince a little bit that you're like you really want to get it across. Yeah, that it's good stuff. It doesn't freaking blow me away. It can't, given the natural like. Like if this was a, a pale person, ale, it's a drink. <laughs> yeah. Then I like, I'm like, you know what? I'm good gonna hang out it. with that guy again. Yeah, really easy to get along with. He's talks. not like yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Looking super sharp and fucking blowing my socks <laughs> off. Okay. But weird reference. He's a good guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I just mean he's not like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's a good beer. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I agree. It was really delicious. Um, I drank mine pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Had enough of a body, enough of a bite to keep me interested, but nothing that was too overwhelming. Um, nice citrusy flavors to it. Don't know where the tropical's at, but that's okay because I'm not a huge tropical guy. So, so also. you say. So I say, so I claim. Even though you like all individual tropical flavors. Yeah, I put pineapple on my pizza, but I'm not like, yeah, I got a tropical pizza the other day. That's, that's not true. Could you uh, give me some coconut did. on that pizza? Yeah, and yeah, of course. And I drink coconut milk all the time, but I don't <laughs> consider it like a coke or a tropical latte or something. <laughs> tropical latte. Yeah, oh man. Oh, man. But, yeah, and Chase, how was that water? Is your headache gone? Headaches clearing up. I've had this water bottle now for over a year, still drinking out of it. One of my most treasured possessions that I got as a Christmas gift. Oh, really? From who? Darian's parents. Oh, that's see, see, that's like a hyper practical gift that you Dude, only get. From I think like, it might be my most used and appreciated gift. <laughs> Dude, for real, like that's the only gift that you kind of get from like that type of relationship, right? Like, yeah, girlfriend's parents who, like, they of course love Here's and support some oven you. Oven mitts. But yeah, here's like stuff, you know, we saw this and we thought you might need this. Thank you. Like, that's Thank awesome, you. right? But yeah. if you know somebody too well, they like, here's this gimmicky thing. And like, now it's like, you know, we share a bond with this. And like, now you got to put it somewhere. It's in your the Bloodborne guy, but he's a Funko Pop. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be it. You know, think you would tell me to my face what you really thought about that gift. That <laughs> yeah, thing. I'm not going to put I'm this on. This is not going back house. to California with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, guys, if you want to follow the show on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can follow it at Witty Banter Show. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Probably Max. If you want to follow Chase, you can follow him at Bodacious Chase. If you want to follow Hunter secretly without him knowing, mm-hmm. he has one, Crypto Diesel. Yep. Get at it. Uh, if you don't use Twitter and you just want to go straight to the good stuff, the source, just go to the website, man. www.wittybantershow.com. Yeah. Put your man. mouth right on the tap. Yeah, Turn man, that fucker delicious. on. Ooh, man. No filter. Man. All the fluoride getting right in there. <laughs> oh, man. And you can always, of course, download our podcast from anywhere you, you get podcasts for the most part. iTunes, Google Play, those Stitcher. other ones that nobody uses, too, as well. We're Are on we on well. iHeartRadio, Chase? No. Are we on Spotify? Ooh. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, fucking duck. Well, I don't we're think, I don't think, we've talked about this multiple times, but I think with Spotify, it's like a whole ordeal. They'll put like, They'll put ads into your show and stuff like that. It's not yeah. like a. I don't want to. How like shitty a, would that be? Yeah. If I like wonder what kind of ads to go listen to, I, I wanted to go listen to our show, and yeah. I get ads in it. I'm like, oh well, fuck this. I wonder <laughs> what they would be. Something like we're super hyper against for whatever reason. That'd be great. Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a nerd culture show. Yeah. Oh no, that'd be terrible. Oh man. Well, guys, thanks for. Scraping everything together today. I know we all had the long, exhausting days individually, so that was yeah. cool. But I think we made it work. Still have well over an hour yeah. of, of content. Still somehow made it work. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's go ahead and head on out of here. A beat up beep to you gentlemen. Beat up beep up. Beat up beep up.